podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Ironcast for what is an extra special episode. One of the greatest players in West Ham United's long history will be joining us today, but also joining us, the Ginger Pele, James Collins. I thought you were talking about me then. <laughs> <laughs> With all due respect to you, of course. You've just met Paolo, just yeah. met him outside. How was he? He's just one of those guys, I've met him before, he's just got an awe about him, a presence and and I think fans of a, of a certain age, certainly me and you, me watching West Ham when I was young. He is the main man. He is the player we all remember, the, the the legend of the football club. So to get him in, you know, to to get him on Ironcast is is, is a big honour. You're right. He does have an aura about it. I was saying that like a lot of the debate amongst West Ham fans is who are the greatest players who have played for us in recent times. And Tevez is in that conversation, Dimitri Payet, Di Canio. But there's something about Di Canio that's different. He's like a he's like a Hollywood star, isn't he? Yeah, he's got I, something about him. I think it's just his ho- Everything around him, the all he's got. Um, certainly, obviously, the player he was, he was an unbelievable player. The goals he scored, the, the relationship he had with the fans or still has with the fans. I think it just makes him a special person. And like say, in years to come, when people ask ask about West Ham, well, you know, greatest players, that Paolo will, Paolo will be up there. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to this. And another reason I'm looking forward to this is Paolo is such a man of mystery these days. <laughs> he just disappears for years go yeah. by. You never hear from him. And so to have him back here at Rush Green's West Ham's training ground, have him here amongst us and have him talk about all those great days he had with us uh, not so long ago. Well, a long time ago now. Um, it, what a treat. It's it's, it's going to be brilliant because the club's changed so much. You know, we've all seen it the last, you know, sort of 10 years that the club's changed a lot. So it'd be nice to hear Paolo's side of it, what it was like at the old Chadwell Heath, the sort of the training ground and the players he were playing with. So, yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be an epic one. Yeah. And you've already noted, there's a little frisson of nerves for me today. I'm a little like, bit for me as I'm well, a, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like scared. But there is an emotion within me that I can't. I think I think you know when you're in the presence of greatness, and I think you know you want you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to do yourself a you know an injustice or anything. So um, yeah, I think it's you know he's such a big player, such like said a presence and and a West Ham true West Ham legend. All right, that's the pre-chat done. Here comes the main man, Paolo Di Canio. Welcome to Ironcasts. The greatest player I have ever seen in a West Ham shirt. Laia. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Paolo Di Canio's in the house. Ciao. This is going to be a good one. Okay. This is going to be a good one. Um, Paolo, I wondered, I mean, the, you just looked great in a West Ham kit. The memories you created, you were made to be in East London. And I wondered, now you're back here in East London today, Rush Green training ground. Is West Ham still in your heart? Of course. But uh, I'm... Uh, even more happy because the weather <laughs> is beautiful. No, it's obvious that uh, every time I, I come back to London, I feel like uh, if I'm at home. It's my second family. Last night I had a chance to meet already lots of West Ham supporters. And it was a, an emotional moment for me. Uh, I don't know. It, it's difficult to explain exactly because obviously I was born as a Lazio supporter. And then I played uh, different clubs uh, in my football career. And I had a good experience everywhere, but uh, West Ham uh, still in my heart in a special, in a special way. And uh, um, I don't know, it's a, it's a connection, a link that's uh, never going to be cut 
from anyone because uh, uh, my time here, uh, Upton Park before, obviously mm -hmm. I, I used to play Upton Park, uh, uh, we remain forever in my heart, in my brain, my soul. Every time with my friend Andrea, now he's with me, the Italian guy, uh, we, 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 they ask me, my friend, okay, show us maybe our go your goals that you scored in the past. Okay, we, we try to watch, you know, Juventus, Lazio, see Milan, but when there is the West Ham moment, you can uh, feel that there is something different because uh, I start not speaking to anymore to them. I'm focused on the, 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 the goals, the, the, the people at the stadium. And uh, uh, I don't know, it's difficult, but it's special. My daughters, they support West Ham. My grandson is already West Ham uh, uh, through and through. So the family now is West Ham, you know, belongs to the West Ham family. Was it? Sorry, was it was it instant, Paolo? Do you know, remember walking into Chadwell Heath and having that feeling straight away? Yes, probably because uh, because um, it's obvious. Uh, I remember I signed for West Ham. I came from um, three and a half months uh, suspended for the accident with Polarco. And the chance uh, that uh, West Ham gave me, you know, uh, was amazing. I remember that uh, the day that they present me to the, the media at uh, Upton Park was uh, with... Uh, Mark Vivian Foy, our friend, and uh, we had a training uh, at Upton Park. And uh, uh, to see all those colors around me, claret and blue, I think is a fantastic combination. And there is only one team with claret blue, you know, <laughs> shirt in the world for me. Uh, it was amazing. And the first um, experience uh, in front of the, the West Ham fans uh, uh, were amazing. I remember that uh, the first game was away, Wimbledon. The second one at home against, I think, Blackburn, I scored a goal straight away. And then uh, what I felt in that day was uh, so special. I never had this feeling uh, in my life. And then I had uh, four years and a half, uh, I think, uh, the best period in my football career in general, but also in my life. It's obvious that if you're happy when you go yeah. to the job, you're happy with your family. But uh, the life I, I had uh, in London, especially the, the time that I was waiting for go to uh, Chadwell Heath in training session and prepare the match at Upton Park away from home, you know, with the people always follow us uh, in numbers was amazing. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, you ask me how this feeling can can happen. You know, you Italian from Rome four years and a half and not 20 years in here. You didn't born here. I don't know, but I, I can tell you only that he is absolutely special. So many great memories, so many great games, great goals. But I just wondered, is there one game you think about when it just all worked for you? Like, is there one performance you had in a West Ham shirt that really sticks in your mind as the best? More than a performance, I, uh, I was, uh, was thinking, you know, in the past, but now also when I think about uh, 9,000, 752 people <laughs> follow us <laughs> against Man United in FA Cup when we won 1-0, when oh. I scored the goal. There with Barthes tried to stop him. Yeah, this is the offside man, one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Policeman you know, tried to stop him. <laughs> I want to score a goal and then we're going to talk about <laughs> if it's offside or not. And um, um, it was an amazing moment because uh, we know that uh, we have done an incredible job because at the time, we had a good team, obviously, but Man United, in my opinion, is like uh, Manchester City now, uh, in some mm -hmm. way, because they were at the top of uh, European football. 
and uh, one nail away from home with 9,000, uh, nearly 10,000 people celebrate uh, in front of uh, the others, uh, 60,000. It was absolutely an amazing moment. Of, of course, I scored, I was happy, but most important was to see all of them celebrate, you know, and, and jump uh, on the stand uh, like if it was a Champions League final. So this is, a, uh, is one moment that I can tell you is in my brain but i have to tell you there are many other moments oh. you know every single time i was wearing a west ham shirt it was special for me yeah we'll talk about some of the other moments in a second i wanted to ask about your manager that day at old trafford was harry redknapp and you and harry redknapp you just seem to have a great relationship yeah. did did you feel like he got the most out of you i think he was one of the best for me because he wasn't a coach he was a a, a proper manager so he he was capable to handle different twenty different brain, different mm. culture. He was intelligent in this. Apparently, the people maybe uh, think that uh, he was too kind, too calm, and uh, because he didn't want to have a friction with with his player. But I have to tell you, he wasn't really really quiet because mm. uh, three four times we had a, a very hard confrontation in his office but uh, this is a part of the the game between mature people you know intelligent people you can have you know friction you can go close to have a fight with yeah. each other but at the end of the day when uh, you look to each other's eyes you know as mm. a man okay i respect you absolutely you are my my manager now i'm on the field i'm going to give you no hundred but 200 percent because uh, you were good to me honest uh, you speak in my face you know without uh, you know have a trick you know i prefer to to receive a good uh, i don't want to say the word but in the face rather than lots of talking yeah, yeah. behind and uh, with him i have to tell you i think he was one of the best in take um, the best from me Lippi is another one in Naples. He was a good manager. He won the World Cup uh, with Italy in 2006. It's not a, a, for accident because he was a good manager too. But Redknapp, I have to tell you, fantastic man, honest man, very, very, very good manager. And uh, was uh, funny to, to have, uh, spend the time with I, him. I can see by the smile on your face yeah, you yeah, enjoy yeah, speaking about Harry. Was he good? Like if you did well for him on the pitch, was he good with you? Did he give you time off and let you enjoy your family and, and time in London, Harry? Or was he always quite uh, to, stern? And To be honest, uh, I had a problem with him because he gave too much a day off. Oh, okay. Oh, really? so, uh, yeah. I used to remain, I tried to hit my own on Wednesday or Tuesday, depends on the day they gave it off to the players. Because, uh, you know, uh, I couldn't accept it, you know, too much time yeah. free because uh, anyway at the time uh, we used to play intertoto cup uh, you know i know that uh, players need to to relax sometimes because they play uh, every two or three days now even more than in the past but the time uh, i was thinking that uh, west ham had the the talent to 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 stay i don't want to say top three four but top six regular and then every year we were suffering, you know, middle table to have on, on the league. I came from a different culture. And I see Milan, I won the league there with Juventus. I won the UEFA Cup, uh, Super European Cup with the Milan against Arsenal. I remember that I used to play with a top, top footballer like uh, Baggio, Baresi, Maldini. They were at the top um, uh, level in the world. 
I remember that I didn't ask one day off. One day, yeah. mm. It's obviously a different culture. I should adapt myself in here. But uh, in my opinion, we should have much better run in the league. And then when something went wrong, he, he started to give it one day, two days off. Say, Gaffa, we need to work more, in my opinion, <laughs> because if something goes wrong, it's because we need to work better. I bet, I, I bet the rest of the boys weren't happy with you, though. <laughs> <laughs> but for this reason, I was nearly to fight with men in the dressing room. But at the end of the day, we, we had a, a great respect to each other because otherwise I couldn't uh, wear, you know, the armband mm, for two course. years and a half. So it means that uh, the message arrive slowly, gradually mm. in in, the, in some player's brain. And then on the end, I think, um, um, yeah, we had a friction, but because <laughs> yeah. he, he wanted to give me Better too much. Better for the team now. <laughs> was, there, was there any friction, do you remember Everton away, where Everton's goalkeeper gets injured, you catch the ball rather yeah. than try and score the goal, you get a FIFA fair play award. Was any friction with Harry there? Was he like, no, I you should have scored? Uh, how, is, uh, ironically, you think, uh, Okay, I walk uh, on the tunnel at the end of the match. All the Everton players, they became my friend. Yeah, but. And then my teammates, uh, in an instant, they <laughs> were my enemy. <laughs> Enemies, they wanted to fight me. <laughs> oh, what are we for? <laughs> Say, I can't go in now because they were. Say, come on, yes, a good draw, one or one or. <laughs> Say, what's going on? <laughs> no, English football, fair play, yeah. good. No, and a respectful football. I said, oh yeah, I came here. And now, uh, Redden came close to me and said, oh, the lads are very hungry. <laughs> I say, why? why? We three points, Paolo. I saw Harry, score. three points. We, we should score points. We need two points. We need a <laughs> few more points to stay up. He said, okay, we, we win the next game. We should, uh, there is no problem. <laughs> so I went to the shower. With my back in the wall like that, you know, I was worried. I was, but Stuart Pierce wanted to fight me. I remember. He said, he's, he's really angry now. Say, I'm ready to fight. I never give up. But twenty versus one is difficult now. Yeah, yeah. See, but, but at the end, they understood. They accepted, of course. Yeah, and another another famous game: West Ham five, Bradford four, uh, February two thousand. When you watch that game back, you're getting fouled left, right, and centre. The referee's not giving you a penalty, and you say, "Take me off! Yeah. I've had enough." Yeah, but someone uh, told me even uh, in the last few days, uh, you didn't behave as a real professional because you wanted to leave the field. Not calm. I said, "It's obvious that is not the best behavior to to watch mm. because the people, uh, the crowd, pay the the money. They have lots of expectation on on you and also your teammates. It's obvious." But uh, my genuine thought was, I need to go out because I can be a problem now for mm. the team, for the brands. Because if uh, the referee keep going with this attitude, I'm going to have maybe a bad reaction, maybe, maybe going to send off. me off. Yeah. Because since the, 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 the first penalty, that it was an incredible penalty, with the VAR now, they should give me penalty for nine, sure. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a save, come on, get up, get up. But referee, I was angry. But the beginning of the second half, even more, the third one, I said, Red, uh, Harry, take me off. No, Paul, stay, stay. <laughs> no, 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 please, please, please. After 45 seconds, one minute, you know, my brain starts working really well, in my opinion. And then the people start chanting, chanting you know, uh, my name. I say, 
I can't uh, leave uh, this field and now we have to go back and win. And then at the end, we are four two down and we won five, five, four, five, five, four, four at yeah. the end. And there was the accident with uh, Frank Lampard. Frank well, Lampard Lampard the penalty. Yeah. Penalty. yeah, because the only penalty they gave it to us, it wasn't penalty for Paul Kitson. Because <laughs> he fell down, you know, his own without any touch from the opposite. I was nearly to say, ah, oh, no, you give the ball. Say, okay, okay, for us, no problem. And then... I remember that uh, me, you, me, you, no, me, but you know why? Because uh, not, um, at the period, uh, um, Lampard was the penalty taker, but there was a an, um, um, situation one week before, uh, 10 days before, we played um, against Aston Villa FA Cup, Upton Park. We were one nil down. 89 minutes, Paul Kitson down, penalty <laughs> for us. I went to Again, the ball to give to Frank. I saw Frank give uh, his back to to me to the opponent's goal, like if he didn't want to. You didn't know, he it. was worried because mm. he didn't fancy. You know, to, I thought, Frank. I say, okay, I take. I'm happy. <laughs> I take the penalty. I scored the goal. We want a penalty shootout, and uh, I thought uh, in this moment now. I am. You're the, the penalty taker because I, I I took the responsibility. Uh, you you didn't want to have a chance, you know. In this moment, uh, for me, it was easy to try to explain uh, to him. Uh, Listen, ten days ago, you were worried. I don't want to say you <laughs> your butt. But, so, sorry, <laughs> so I don't want to say butt. But no, 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 sorry. But anyway, I said that already. Uh, and now you want to have a penalty in. A, Easy game because four two nothing yeah. to lose. We see if we score. I I take, but as a uh, player that play with and for my teammates, uh, when we went back to the middle of the field with the ball, I was speaking to him. He was you know young and he was like uh, unhappy. Mm -hmm. I said to me, listen, oh now forget what's happened. This accident. Now you are going to score the winning goal. I say exactly this word. Yeah, maybe I was lucky because at the end it's good. <laughs> but anyway, try to encourage. Say now, don't don't play. You know, with your brain. And yeah, yeah. Probably try to forget it because now we go back in this game and you're gonna score the winning goal. Just to to try to to create a, a right atmosphere for the people for us. You know. All right, West Ham fans, one way you can support Ironcast and help us rocket up the charts and beat off the competition from other official football clubs' podcasts like Chelsea and like Spurs is to get a five-star rating or review from you. Support me and Ginger on the podcast, chuck us a five-star rating and review and help us rocket up the charts where West Ham belong, at the top of the table. Back on with the show. few weeks after that Bradford game, the 5-4, you score the goal of the decade against Wimbledon. Foe, stopped by Earl. Michael Hughes can't clear the first time, nor the second time. Bent wide nicely by Mark Vivian Foe. Sinclair's cross over Cunningham. Di Canio! Oh, I do yeah. not believe that! Uh, that is sensational! Even by his standards! Oh, take a bow, son. Take a bow. You are not going to see a better goal than this. Great ball from Foy. Even better ball from Sinclair. But that is just sensational. Outside of the right foot. 
He's off the ground with his both feet when he makes contact. Look at him. Up he goes. Oh, that is quite sensational. What a magnificent goal. A moment of striking perfection from Paolo Di Canio. Incredible goal. West Ham fans still talk about it. They'll never forget it. Lucky, lucky. When that ball's lucky. cut, I just, we were, me and Ginger were talking and saying, like, how did you know how to do that? Because no one has ever scored a goal like that before or since. What Could you see it in your head? Have you done that before in training? Yeah, we used to practice um, with Joe Cole, Trevor Sinclair. Good delivery. I scored because yeah. he, he, he is a good, he really, a very that's good what pass. Trevor says as well. Always, always. When he sent me a message, Sorry. you scored this goal because, because of yeah. course, if you don't deliver the ball, I can't <laughs> score. But anyway, um, we used to practice uh, two, three days per, per week, uh, maybe in five, six. Uh, okay, 10 minutes, 15 minutes mm. at the end. I, I try who scored the best, the best and the goal. spectacular goal, maybe try to flick the ball from behind, something like that, strange. I used to practice this bicycle, you know, dancing ballet, you know, in the hair. Yeah. I, I was that, uh, I have a good timing, a good style, a good impact on the ball, but normally from yeah, vertical, from, you know, not from diagonal delivery. Uh, it's obvious that um, uh, this is remain to your brain, in my opinion, and maybe you can use once, in 10 years. <laughs> but I remember there was Kennedy. Kennedy was the Wimbledon uh, right back yeah. uh, skipper, if I'm mm. not wrong. He was in front of me. The delivery was from the other side, from uh, from uh, Sinclair to the far post uh, where I was. I had one, two, three seconds. One, two. I saw Kennedy that was uh, unsure if jump or maybe turn his body, try to challenge me because normally with this bowler you can cushion the ball yeah. and try to go 1v1, you know, you have time and space to try to beat him and try to shoot on the goal. Um, or more easy, in this position, you know, a striker or maybe attacking footballer use his uh, uh, nearly foot from when the ball uh, come in the ground to cover with the other leg, even mm. if it's not your, your proper foot, the left foot, because if you have a bad impact on the ball, the ball can go in the box, mm. Maybe your teammates can take advantage on it. I don't know. I like uh, <laughs> crazy things. Maybe something, uh, something remain in my brain. In an instant, I decide to jump, uh, you know, in the hair and then have uh, this movement, uh, which I call bicycle movement. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I think uh, I have to tell you. But I don't want to sound arrogant, uh, but every time I I'm watching this goal, but in Italy they show every two three weeks uh, from uh, English. Uh, um, uh, highlights uh, or oh, Sky Sport UK they send down to Italy uh, the, 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 the best goals uh, in the uh, Premier League era 10 maybe 10 20 they always they show this goal I think uh, okay forget it this is Di Canio <laughs> oh, this is a <laughs> goal <laughs> this is difficult it's difficult you know because I, I think you know, all as players, you you try stuff in training, and maybe overhead kicks or something. But to do it in a game, a Premier League game, like there's only probably only Paolo and a, and you can name five who would try it in a game. And to do, I remember being a kid watching it and thinking that is unreal why you've done that. And like to think, we were talking before before we started the podcast about players like you, the real real talented players. The, the decision making in in your guy's head is instant. Eh, just don't even think about it. Natural. Yeah, I, I agree. You can see, um, I don't know, maybe 
I don't know if uh, X things is difficult to explain, but probably when you have something inside that you can elaborate mm. in in a so short instant that is not for everyone uh, only in this occasion because I was an incredible footballer. But doing it, uh, you must have. Uh, something different inside because you take also a risk because if you go in the air with a side part of your right foot normally you can have a bad touch on the ball can remain there maybe can go uh, out from the end line in, in the parking road 10 yards 20 yeah. yards you know in a parking room uh, road uh, but uh, if you want to do something special maybe you you should have something special even for an instant mm. inside you yeah. Otherwise, it can, can, can't happen for accident, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. uh, I, th I think that the delivery was uh, fantastic for this kind of uh, uh, kick. But the angle, the foot that I use, in the way I use, was good because you should score a goal even with a ball that bounced two, three times on the ground. But this ball went straight directly mm, to curling the slightly post, away from the goal as well. And hit the net straight away. So... As uh, the commentator, if I'm wrong, said, this is a um, a moment of uh, a strike or, or perfection, genius, uh, genius yeah, something genius. like that. Say, it was good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, right thing about me. I'm proud. Yeah, yeah, proud. You, down, you should be. I wanted to ask about your teammates. You shared a dressing room with so many great characters down the years. Yeah. And I wondered, is there any you miss? I mean, like the likes of Neil Ruddock, Ian Wright, yeah, John Montgomery. Do you wish some we, of them? We, we, do you wish we, maybe they lived next door to you in Italy? Is there any you wish were still around the I have corner? I tell you that there were a, a, a band of crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned a few. Ian Wright in the last uh, six months, but crazy in terms of. Funny guy, fantastic. Ian Wright, uh, I think, uh, uh, was a fantastic fellow to me because he was only six months with me. But uh, uh, in the way they they accepted my arrival because I came from three and a half months of suspension, uh, I remember there was Neil Raddock, Ian Wright, uh, many others, John Moncure. Yeah. Oh, Archie Winterburn, God. is that? No, he came later. Oh, yeah. I tell you the story now. <laughs> John Moncure, okay, Steve Lomas, Pozzi, many, many fantastic friends. They, they were absolutely amazing to me. But they all little bit mad. Uh, John Moncure, I, I, I can't it's tell everything about them. They, they say you, you were the little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you say the same. <laughs> but I have to tell you. But, but uh, for example, John Moncure is a, he's not tall guy. He's not big. Is one that I would go around the world and fight against everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. See, I found another crazy, another mad person like me. We go in front of the die, you know, no problem. We, we are happy. And um, I remember uh, Rezo, okay, fantastic, man, you know. Bit, bit bigger was at the time because he came after the preseason, after their... Um, the, the um, summer break yeah, with 11 kilos over his week it's not a news of, of course but I was okay but um, one month I train but one month you train it's too much but um, the atmosphere was amazing in the dressing room uh, before the match uh, lunch time I spent the time together Trevor Sinclair uh, another friend there was a, a Shaka Islop uh, on goal he was a fantastic man to me with my family they helped me a lot but at the end of the day I remember when uh, Nigel Winterbull signed for us 
I was in a massage room, you know, I was, and then say, uh, Radok uh, and a uh, few other lads, they came to me and say, hey, Nigel Winterbone is in the dressing <laughs> room, he's just arrived, we put it next to, to, to you. Okay, go in and try to make him worry. Okay, okay, okay. So I said, take serious, okay. Leave him alone in the dressing room. I remember I I punched the door. <laughs> Boom! The button was open. He was, what's going on? I said, now, huh? Nigel, come here, now. Right, come on, fight with me. Now we don't, no, we are friends. We are teammates now. Ah, now you, you worry. Now, now I don't want to say again, but you worry. Come here. Since that moment, I have to tell you, I discovered a fantastic guy. Even yeah. Nigel Winter, because oh, you know the accident can happen in the field, but uh, I think uh, there is a genuine part in every in every um, sportsman. Uh, yeah. Okay, maybe you you have maybe you had maybe in your football career someone that you didn't like mm. properly, you know. But maybe you meet him outside from the field, and maybe you discover the best person in the world. But obviously, if you play for Arsenal, Tottenham. You can be my friend anyway. <laughs> but do you think it's the the best dressing room you've been in, Paolo, I, with, I with us you. in the players and the manager, that the atmosphere? I've been okay also at Celtic. Yeah, Peter Grant, many of them, they were very good to me because I have to link the my life as a footballer, as a professional, but also my social life. You mm -hmm. know, with my family, how I integrate myself with my family in the city, in the new new um, culture. I have to tell, uh, in Scotland, it was a fantastic moment. And uh, obviously in Italy, I had a good life, but West Ham for years and a half was an amazing moment for me. I think it was one of the best moments in my life in general, in general. And uh, the result helped, you know, often because um, the people were happy. Obviously not the last year, not my last year, because we had a big problem, we, we got relegated. But with incredible team, uh, you can't, uh, you know, explain, yeah. uh, you know, exactly the, the name we had at the time. Uh, I, I, I still think how we, we went down. I know, I know, but, uh, but uh, I don't want to remember because uh, <laughs> I go, I go hurt, you know, I hurt myself. But to see, yes, it was one of the best dressing room uh, in my life. Uh, and I mean, that was a golden period for West Ham United. And it feels like we're living through another golden period now. And you've just been meeting with David Moyes and Mark Noble. And I wonder, how proud are you to see what West Ham has become over these yeah. last few seasons? I can't show the video, the pictures uh, of the Conference League final. I was uh, in Rome <laughs> with my friend. We were in six, wearing my shirt, uh, scarf. <laughs> with this one that you can see there, the crest, the big one, I took off the... The restaurant pint. I put it before the match. <laughs> our our badge big, and then we start to suffer during the game. And uh, there are two three videos where you can see the real sufferance inside. And, uh, I was screaming, you know. <laughs> I, 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 our goalkeeper, you know, the last two minutes didn't come yeah, out. Yeah. There was lots of play on the field. Go out, come out, come out, come out. <laughs> At the end, I was screaming and celebrate. I'm proud. I'm proud because, uh, you know, McNoble is, uh, you know. Absolutely legend in here. Uh, we know how it was and still important for this club. For David Moyes, I, I'm happy because he had a little problem in the past, you know? He was sacked and then he, he came back. And uh, what he has done with, uh, with the lads, obviously, in the last two years and a half, approximately three years, 
that is an amazing job. Uh, I was worried when we moved from Upton Park to the Olympic Stadium. It's obviously in the modern football, you need the more income to compete with the others. But the first two seasons weren't very good. No, we were there. I think the atmosphere wasn't yeah. really the same. It was difficult for everybody. But since uh, three years ago, I think uh, I saw the difference. New players came here, someone good. Someone uh, didn't confirm the expectation, but lots of uh, the, the new signers were very, very good to us. Uh, they played, uh, their performances were amazing. And uh, the, the movement and the environment uh, growing up uh, in, in a style, because in the last, last year, the league wasn't really good. But if you want to go to the final, it's normal to pay, you know, a price in some way, mm. in somewhere. And uh, but the two seasons before, I think, uh, show that West Ham now can be every year top eight regular and uh, have a good run in uh, European Cup, uh, you know, because two years ago in the semi-final against Frankfurt. Last year we won a conference league and now we play against the Europa League with more experience, with more uh, players that uh, had experience in, in Europe football. And I'm very happy because now I'm relaxed a bit more when I'm, uh, I'm in Italy. Otherwise, uh, my friend, <laughs> sometimes when I'm working, uh, West Ham lose again. Uh, uh, don't give me this news because <laughs> you destroy my day. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we are fourth from the bottom. Oh, no. Last year, we were you know, mm. often close to the sixth from the bottom. I wasn't happy. But at the end, I saw a good run because uh, the, the couple we won was uh, completely... Uh, we deserve because 11, uh, 12 matches, uh, 12 win and one draw mm. in no run. Yeah, so lose. there is no cap, uh, you know, that's uh, a team won in, in this style with this mm. result. So Fiorentina had a, a great run because they won always away with three, four goals. But the best team was West Ham, so uh, I'm very happy. Few I'm red, proud few, about few that. A few red wines, Paolo, after the uh, after the final. We had before, before, during, during, <laughs> during and after. I, I wasn't drunk, but because we had a lot of food, the good, yeah. comfortable. But I have to tell you, we had a room, room at the end. At the end, we have room. <laughs> we have everything. Normally, I drink, but I don't drink too much because I like to be fit to mm. train. But that day was special before we have Prosecco and then white wine and then red wine and then again and then celebrate until three o'clock in the night. Oh, amazing. Paolo, thank you for coming on Ironcast. Thank you for the memories, the goals, the moments you created and the relationship we have you have with the fans. It's just thank you. Thank you. Because thank always you, I feel home. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One more time. Paolo Di Canio. Ciao. Woo. Ciao. There you go. That was Paolo Di Canio. So many great memories. So many great moments. Just the I mean, it's there the must be huge the YouTube videos of the goals he scored, the memories he created. It's just what a fantastic time the, the period he had at West Ham. Yeah, he, he will always go down as as the as a club legend. Um, you know, and you see in the in the podcast there. You know, he's still still the Palo de Canio. We know a little bit a little bit different, a little bit quirky, but um, that's the man we love, and obviously the passion and the love he's still got for the football club is playing for everyone to see. And you know, he's he's he, it was an absolute pleasure to speak to him. And that goal against Wimbledon, the scissor kick. Mm. Have you ever given that a go over the training ground? Uh, I probably have. Probably injured. <laughs> probably injured myself. But it's mad to him. Like no one's really talk through it with him you know to to sort of hear it from his mouth what was going through his his head and 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 the way he executed it 
was brilliant. So um, no, I, I couldn't try anything like that. I'd bloody, I'd be out for about a year probably. I'm going to throw this out there now. I think the greatest players I've seen for West Ham, mm. Tevez is in that. I said at the start of the interview, Tevez is in there, Payet's in there. But for me, Di Canio's the best I think I've ever seen. Where where does he rank for you? I, I think for me, only because I played with the boys, you know, I, they'd always be mentioned, Tevez and 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 Dimitri. But certainly as a young football fan, you know, Paolo would be up there just, you know, the way he played the game, the passion he had, the the, the way the fans, you know, reacted to him, the way he was with the fans. So for sure, yeah, looking in from the outside, he'd have to be up there for me. Yeah. You're right. That relationship with the fans, it's still strong to this day. West Ham fans still remember what he did for us and the way he made us feel. That's it from Ironcast. What an episode this has been. Paolo Di Canio, where do we go from here? Who knows? Let's find out soon, though. Until next time, come on, you Irons. Podcast Network.